Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Alrighty, so uh, the National Archives, the same entity that was super, super interested in getting all of the documents from Donald Trump, um, they got sued, and uh, they have now coughed up 82,000 pages of emails. Not from Trump. No, not from Hillary, because really at this point, what difference does it make? Right, so... Not Hillary. President Joe Biden. That he sent or received during his vice presidential tenure. So while he was Obama's veep, he was running three different email accounts with fake names. And this was discovered. And now there were uh, there were uh, petitions filed, lawsuits filed. Freedom of Information Act requests, like, we want to see the emails from all three of these accounts. That total of 82,000 pages, that is larger than the amount that got Hillary Clinton in hot water a decade ago. Do you believe it's been a decade? Ten years ago. When she, you know, wiped it like with a cloth. The total of Biden's private email exchanges was disclosed yesterday in a little noticed status report filed by uh, uh, filed in a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit brought against the National Archives and Records Administration or the N.A.R.A. or NARA. It was filed by the public interest law firm, the Southeastern Legal Foundation or the SLF. The foundation brought the lawsuit seeking access to the emails after the website founded by John Solomon called Just the News revealed a year ago that Joe Biden had used three pseudonym email accounts. One was called Robinware456. Another was called JRBware at Gmail. And another is Robert.L.Peters at pci.gov so he had to get he had to get approval of some kind somebody set up that email for him robert l peters i don't know the significance of that name i can figure out the jrb right joseph robinette biden and then the where comes from delaware robin where That means he's, you know, robbing where? Don't know. Oh, all of America. No, Uh, it's no Robinette, Robin, and then Delaware, W-A-R-E, and then 456. I guess Robinware was taken. Robinware at Gmail was taken, so they went with Robinware 456. But JRBware, that was was available. Robert.L.Peters. Don't know what that Rob... L. 
Peters. I don't know what that stands for. I don't know who Robert or Bob Bob L. Bob L. Peters, Bobble Peters. Well, that sounds that doesn't sound good. Anyway, during the time he served as President Barack Obama's vice president, he was running three different accounts. Look, I can tell you, I've got multiple email accounts. I got a bunch of them, not through my own like choice. It's just I had to just accrue them over the course of my life, and it is awful. Of course, I don't have a staff. I don't have staff to answer all of my emails, which apparently he did. He had people on the government payroll that would reply via these email accounts. So I guess it's easier to manage the accounts when you don't actually have to manage the accounts. You just have somebody else to manage the accounts. The status report filed yesterday in a federal court in Atlanta was the first to provide an estimate of the size and scope of possible government business that was conducted through Joe Biden's private email accounts. And see, this is important because he was vice president. He was put in charge, you'll recall, of cleaning up Ukrainian corruption, which is a very, I mean, that's a very focused thing in America's interest. You know, it's to get special prosecutors fired overseas. That's a very... A vital thing for American interests. And so that's why uh, Barack Obama decided to put old Joe, Lunchpail Joe, Sheriff Joe, put him in charge of cleaning up all the corruption in Ukraine. Because obviously Joe Biden was uniquely experienced in corruption in the Ukraine. I, I kid, I kid, I kid the vice president. Well, I mean, it just makes sense, though, because after he had cured cancer... Right. Why not try to cure corruption in Ukraine? Right. Three separate accounts were operated over the eight year period that Joe was the veep and 82,000 pages now released is uh, is larger than the total from the most infamous private email scandal in American history involving former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, which also involved government business on Obama's watch, which it was a well, because it was one of those Apple watches. And so he was doing all sorts of government business on his watch, as I understand it. Once again, I point out it's not the emails, it's the server. For Hillary Clinton, it's the server. See, Joe, not as smart, Joe, he just used Gmail and a government account. So anything that went through those private accounts, they're going to be able to retrieve because Gmail doesn't wipe them like with a cloth, like Hillary can wipe her own server. Because when you own the server, you get to wipe it. That's why you own the server. That's the reason you go to the length of creating your own unsecured server to conduct, uh, to conduct confidential, top-secret communications with leaders from around the world, as well as, you know, compiling your yoga schedule and your daughter's seating chart at her wedding. But aside from those things that you got to de- obviously delete that stuff, um, but the top secret stuff that's running through your server that is unsecured to the, to the level that is necessary for, you know, communicating about top secret information, let alone forwarding over to your assistant, Uma Abedin, uh, married to uh, Anthony Weiner. What's up, Hancock? Uh, forwarding it over to Anthony Weiner's wife, 
who would then uh, uh, share them with Cheryl Mills, I believe, the lawyer in the case, who just coincidentally happened to be like a witness and participant, too. But it's different when Democrats do it. That's what we have learned is that they can they can be their uh, their uh, client's lawyer and be involved in the malfeasance. And and it's totally fine. Um, and so she uh, then what printed some out, had him sitting in her car. Uma Abedin forwarded him to Wiener. And when Wiener wasn't, you know, trying to hit on 15-year-old girls in Gaston County, he was, um, well, he was doing other stuff. He was taking pictures of himself. It's not necessary to get into all of those details. But, yeah, that's the, that's the smoking gun. The server is the smoking gun. Because we don't know what she deleted because she controlled the server. And there's, a, there's this... Uh, Theory or, I guess, rule in uh, in law, which is the spoliation of evidence, which is if you've been accused of doing something wrong and you destroy the evidence, you spoil it, right? You destroy evidence. It is to be assumed by the jury in that trial that you did so not because it exonerated you, but because it incriminated you. Otherwise, why would you destroy the evidence? You have to give some sort of legitimate explanation. And the yoga explanation never flew. Because I doubt Hillary Clinton ever did yoga. Really? You're a big yoga person? Please. Also, why would you need to delete the wedding seating chart at your daughter's wedding? Like, that's just maybe to erase all records that Donald Trump was at the wedding. I don't know. Uh, I got a tweet there at Pete Callender from Michael referencing Robert D. Rayford's beggar ween branding of the uh, holiday here uh steve wants to know in another pete tweet would wbt consider switching to a telephone service that provides you know actual telephone service i don't that's uh i don't know it has something to do with the numbers i think keeping the numbers we've had these numbers for probably longer than i've been alive i don't know and it's you know the old hardline system so i don't I don't know. What I am told is that it is simply a matter of checking a box, clicking a box on a software program that would allow the the lines to roll over. And we can't get anybody at AT AT&T to do it. And we know what the solution is because it was the same freaking problem on our sister station, WFNZ, for like six months, except they didn't even have a phone line. So if you or somebody you know works at 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 AT&T and they know where this elusive box to be checked is give us a call and if you try to call and it's busy it's because we only have one line available and uh if you can't get through and it's a busy signal then just uh do me a favor just uh call AT&T and be like yo we'd really love for you to check that box and let WBT answer more than one line you know that'd be awesome because by the way I've got another giveaway today, and I got one line. I got one line to do it, and I, I and and I'm not a monster, so I'm not going to make Bernie answer the phone, you know, forty times to get a winner. Oh, it's just super frustrating. Corporate man. All right. Uh, <laughs> All right, so the piece I've been reading from, by the way, is by John Solomon at JustTheNews.com. Headline, Archives 
locates 82,000 pages of Joe Biden's pseudonym emails. I think we're calling these pseudomails, right? Isn't that what we call them? Pseudomails? Um, or anonymails. Anonymails? That's more than Hillary Clinton had. This, this is going to be a big problem, particularly when they start culling it to find out what kind of business he was doing. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply, will you be ready when the lights go out? Thank you to uh, USMC Hitman33 on the Twitter machine um, for the uh, for the tweet beseeching AT&T to give us back our lines. Just click the box. Give us back our phone lines. We have one available, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. I know there are two numbers. I give you the two numbers. We have the two numbers, but the line, it doesn't roll over, so... We only can get one on at a time. It's like we're back in the 50s here. All right, so back to John Solomon's piece. Headline archives locate 82,000 pages of Joe Biden pseudonym emails, or as I call them, the anonymails. And uh, Secretary Clinton, you'll recall, she produced to the state, uh, to the uh, department from her, the State Department, from her personal email account, approximately 55,000 hard copy pages representing maybe 30,000 emails that she believed related to official business. That's what she turned over, 55,000 hard copy pages of emails. That does not include the ones that she wiped with a cloth. Those are gone forever, which again is the entire point of owning your own server. So she could delete what she wanted to delete without having anybody be able to resurrect it, to find it in some server that she doesn't control. I remember having this discussion with a friend. We were out at um, the rooftop bar gin mill, as a matter of fact, and um, this was the this was the old gin mill before they moved into what was Amos's. They used to have the little rooftop bar. I don't even know. Do you know what it's called now? The little one that's next to gin because they moved next to it. Doesn't matter. I'm down the rabbit hole. I apologize. So we're up, uh, and he's he worked in. Uh, he still does. He works in IT uh, in a corporate setting. So he, you know, he he's a he's a ones and zeros shepherd for all of these office people that don't know anything about computers, right? And so when I'm discussing this, and this was at the time, so this was a decade ago, and I'm talking about the server, and he keeps saying emails. And I realize this after he says it like two, three, four times, and I finally say, Oh, this is a server. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, like a like like her, uh, like a Gmail. I said, no. I said, she had a server. And then he says something along the lines of, well, you know, there's a difference. I said, I do know there's a difference. That's why I'm saying it to you. You're in IT. You should know the difference. This is not Gmail or Yahoo or something. This is 
her own server that she had built and housed in a bathroom someplace. I don't even remember. What was the final? Did we finally know where this thing was located? Was it in the bathroom of some mom and pop shop someplace out in Colorado? Right? That Wasn't that the story? Completely unsecured. And the DOJ, you'll recall, said, yeah, more than likely, probably like, I don't know, like 100% chance that um, that foreign actors hacked it, that they found it, they got in, they, whatever she was saying in there, they got. But we don't know what they got because she deleted everything, like with a cloth. And so, by the way, if you don't know why I keep saying that, so like millennials, man, do you know why I say that? Like with a cloth, wiped with a cloth, Bernie. Yeah, like wiped with a cloth. Do you know why I keep saying that? Uh, is it like wipe it clean? Right. No. No, I don't. Okay, so so I'm glad I asked. So for the millennials and younger in the audience, um, or people who have emerged from the cave or under a rock or something and you didn't know, you weren't paying attention 10 years ago when all this was going on, um, she was at a news conference and somebody asked her if she had wiped the server. And she replied, wiped? What do you mean, like with a cloth? Mm. That was her response. I would also note this is the famous news conference where she was wearing, because she, you know, she of the, the pantsuit fashion, she yes. was always in the pantsuits. And just by coincidence, she was wearing an orange pantsuit at this news conference. We call those power suits, Pete. Not the orange ones. <laughs> the orange ones, those are prison uniforms. <laughs> the image it presented, because that stuff matters, you know. Um, and she's up there wearing her orange jumpsuit, pantsuit looking thing. And she starts basically joking and dismissing and treating the reporter like he's an idiot for asking. Oh, like with a cloth? Like she didn't know what I mean. This is the woman who took a hammer to her Blackberry, right? To destroy the Blackberries, the government issued Blackberries, along with all of the other people at state that she worked with. And we're supposed to believe, oh, we, we thought this was the normal protocol. Yeah, like if terrorists are overrunning your office or something. By the way, did you know that? Like in government facilities? Well, I will say this. I had a buddy of mine, he came I, when he came back from service, um, uh, he wanted to get into radio. He was thinking about getting into radio. His name is Bob. And so we brought him in and, you know, put him in the newsroom. He was cutting up audio and the like. And so when I brought him into the studio and I was showing him the studio and he was like, where's the ax and where's the gasoline? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he said, Oh, we were, cause he worked in the, the base where, where he was assigned and he would do like radio and comms and stuff. And he said that like, if you ever get overrun, you take the ax you, you destroy the comm system, and then you light it on fire so the enemy can't use it. Like, well, I said, I would just say leave the studio. If we're getting overrun, I would just say leave the studio. I, I don't know if you need to go that far. I think at that point, just probably best to get out. If, if they take control of the radio station, I'm sure the U.S. government, if, if they've got, if they got an issue with it, I think they may have a plan Otherwise, uh, no, no need to no need to just start whacking away at the board with an axe if you think that there's some invader. Because, I mean, that would be really, really awkward and expensive if you thought somebody was invading and it turns out it wasn't, you know? It was just like, oh, false alarm. You know, that would be very, very bad. 
And you're just a part-timer, dude. Like, they would totally fire you if you took an axe to this board. Anyway, to date, there is no indication from the National Archives in the court case that any of Joe Biden's emails at the time he was vice president using these anonymails contain any classified information. We don't know that yet. However, the president, Joe, is under criminal investigation by a special counsel named Robert Herr. Pronouns in the name. Um, for taking classified documents from his time as vice president and as a senator and then storing them improperly in insecure locations in the garage of his Delaware home and at a think tank office he kept in Washington, D.C. Oh, and by the way, he shared with the Communist Chinese Party people. But um, so I don't know. We, I don't know if we can make any kind of a leap here just because he's mishandling physical paper, dead tree copies of stuff, just because he's swiping it either as senator or vice president when he's not allowed to swipe that stuff and then, you know, moving them to his office and then moving them to the garage and apparently they got moved around and split apart and then recollected in various ways and and collations and stuff throughout the years. Just because he did that surely doesn't mean that he would be, you know, sending top secret classified information to people with his anonymous, particularly, you know, looping in his son or something. I mean... It felt like his son was doing business with these oligarch and tyrannical governments or anything. It's just crazy. Former President Donald Trump has already been indicted by special counsel Jack Smith for mishandling classified documents the FBI recovered from his Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida or uh, that Trump returned to the archives belatedly. So, well, because, again, the standard there is it's different when Democrats do it. Never forget the standard. The Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office received a detailed briefing that established the FD-1023 implicating Hunter and Joe Biden in a Ukrainian bribery scandal was not Russian disinformation and was not sourced to Rudy Giuliani. That according to a transcribed interview of the former Pittsburgh U.S. Attorney Scott Brady. Right, So you got two different U.S. Attorney's Offices here, one in Delaware, one in Pittsburgh. And... Uh, that guy in Pittsburgh, Brady, gave a detailed briefing and told the U.S. attorney in Delaware that the information from the FD-1023, that was the confidential human source that said, oh, yeah, there's a bunch of bribery with Burisma. We've got this guy. He's, he's totally reliable. We've been using him for years as a human source, confidential human source. And um, the Pittsburgh U.S. attorney's office told the Delaware office that. But the Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office seemingly ignored the work undertaken by the Pittsburgh office and acted with willful blindness to the evidence implicating the now president and his son. Gosh, it's a brain buster why they might have done that. Last Monday, Brady sat for a transcribed interview before the House Judiciary Committee. Over the course of some six hours of questioning, the committee elicited testimony revealing the Pittsburgh office's diligence in tackling the task given by former Attorney General William Barr, namely to screen evidence that was presented to the DOJ related to Ukraine. The public has known for some time, thanks to Senator Chuck Grassley from Iowa, as well as IRS whistleblowers, that the Pittsburgh-based U.S. Attorney's Office provided the Delaware office information about the FD-1023, that form, which summarized a highly credible, 
confidential human sources reporting that Hunter and Joe pressured Ukrainian energy company Burisma to pay them each $5 million in bribes. More recently, IRS whistleblower Gary Shapley revealed that Delaware assistant U.S. attorney Leslie Wolf had refused to accept a briefing from the Pittsburgh office until she was ordered to do so. According to Shapley, Wolf wanted nothing to do with the Pittsburgh-based U.S. Attorney's Office because she believed that no information from that office could be credible because, in her mind, it originated from Rudy Giuliani. That's what she has said. However, the FD-1023, the account typed up in this form, that was not connected to Giuliani. And what this Pittsburgh U.S. Attorney, Scott Brady, said was that in... um, a transcript of which was obtained by the Federalist, I should say, which is where I'm reading this from. It confirms the briefing to Wolf made this point very clear. Brady testified that when he briefed Wolf, they told her it was from a credible confidential human source that had a history with the FBI. It was not derived from any information from Rudy Giuliani. Brady called it a substantive briefing of the information his team had screened and had concluded that it was credible that they should investigate further. Later in this piece, Brady also confirmed that the Pittsburgh FBI office obtained travel records of the confidential human source and that they then matched it up and how he interfaced with the uh, with his handler about certain statements related to the travel and the meetings to see if it was all consistent. And it was. It was consistent. They also identified many potential witnesses. The Pittsburgh U.S. attorney, Scott Brady, explained that in screening the evidence, His office vetted the FD-1023, the document, and the confidential human source against, quote, known sources of Russian disinformation. To conduct that analysis, his team worked with the Eastern District of New York, and it was found that it was not sourced from Russian disinformation. So all of these excuses that were used to put the kibosh on this investigation were not true. Not only did the Pittsburgh U.S. Attorney's Office give the Delaware office a summary of the information screened, investigative steps taken, and corroborating evidence, but Brady's team identified investigative leads for the Delaware office to follow up on. Guess what didn't happen? It appears the detailed briefing changed nothing. Leslie Wolf pushed forward with the sweetheart plea deal for Hunter Biden, which of course has since been abandoned. Brady's testimony last week makes clear the Delaware team knew the FD-1023 was not Russian disinformation, knew it was not from Giuliani, came from a highly reliable confidential human source, and merited further investigation. Brady exposed that the Delaware office was, at best, willfully blind to the Biden family corruption evidence that the Pittsburgh office gave them. Attorney General Merrick Garland expects Americans to believe that Weiss, now special uh, counsel, is going to objectively... Lead this investigation?